Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Bailey, a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Welcome to episode 37 of Avant Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad you're here today with me, my friend. So far in this season of the podcast, I've introduced you to some of my close friends who are experts in their field. You've learned about shifting into the marketing mindset, how to get your finances right, how to tune into your inner voice to run your social enterprise better, and how to come overcome some of the mindset challenges of sales. You've also had the opportunity to hear directly from some avant-garde entrepreneurs who are addressing systemic issues of poverty, lack of education, and crime. The first two, Aisha and David, were founding members of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Academy, which launches again in August. So click on the link in the show notes to learn more and to possibly get on the wait list. Today, we're wrapping up the special Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Series, where you get to meet one more special human being who's paving the way for you to be able to develop more longer-term sustainable impacts in your community and in our world. As a reminder, I created the term Avant-Garde Entrepreneur to keep people out of a box. It's not a classification. My specialty is people who use business to help others lift themselves to a better way of life. So whether you identify with the term missional, transformational, social, faith-driven, or impact entrepreneur, or anything else, no matter what you call yourself, you're using business to help other people lift themselves to a better way of life, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and socially. You are avant-garde, going your own way, doing it like no one else. The reason I'm sharing this reminder about what avant-garde entrepreneurship means is that our next guest has been in the business of using business to change lives before there was really any name for it. The third avant-garde entrepreneur you get to meet in this series is Joseph Peer. Joseph was born and now lives in the U.S., but he is a global citizen in every sense. He has an MBA and has worked in international business and leadership organizations and in development for multinational organizations. He's highly connected around the world and has introduced me to some people who are really helping me help you in bigger and more sustainable ways. More about that coming soon. He's helping people tap into their personal power, starting with their physical health. Joseph, along with his wife and children, lived, started, and operated a CrossFit gym in the Middle East for several years. And yes, he speaks Arabic. Mm -hmm. 
Today, Joseph is the owner of Crescent Tactical Fitness in the state of Tennessee in the United States. Not only does he own and operate the gym, but he coaches others who have a passion to use their fitness business, their gym, as a way to lift the spirits of others and help them improve their lives, starting with their physical health. And he also coaches entrepreneurs like you around the world, encouraging and mentoring regarding strategy, leadership, mindset, and efficacy. Joseph is passionate about helping people tap into their personal power through physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of their lives. One of the many things that sets Joseph apart in terms of entrepreneurship is that he has taken his business full cycle and passed it on to the next generation. And no, he is not 100 years old. (laughs) He is quite (laughs) young, actually. And he has graciously agreed to share his experience and wisdom with you today. Joseph, thank you so much for being here. That's truly my pleasure to be here with you, Trisha. So Joseph, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, a lot of our listeners, they aren't from the United States, but they know about Mm -hmm. the United States. So give them a little uh, hints into what it was like for your life. Like, where did you grow up? Yeah, so for me... Uh, grew up until I was 12 in the northern part of America in Michigan. And all my family is from that area, aunts and uncles, and my parents grew up there. And then when I was 12, we moved down to the south in Georgia. We lived there for three years. And then we moved kind of into the middle in Tennessee. And that was where my high school was. Went off to college, studied chemistry, and met my wife. And then we actually moved over to the, the east, to Georgia. And on the East Coast into Savannah, we lived there for five years. Then we moved to the mid, I don't know what you would call it, the the Rocky Mountains. We lived in Colorado for another three and a half years where I got my MBA. And that was where we really sensed a a calling and a direction to move to Jordan. And so we we moved over from 2013 to 2020 is when we lived over in, in the capital city, Amman, and really enjoyed that. So truly a global at that point. My wife and I counted it up that I think we had been married at that point. It was like 17 years. We'd lived in five states, two countries, and 11 homes. Wow. So we've been <laughs> really the, the global nomad. And in Jordan, there's a group of people called the Bedouins. And they travel and stay. You know, they're a very nomadic existence. And in some ways, we've really felt that way. But now we're here in Memphis, Tennessee. We've been here almost three years. And next month will be three years. We plan to be here for several more years. My family is here. And so this is as much home. People ask me, well, where are you from? What's home for you? And that's a hard question, you know, to answer without some explanation. But but we're, we're glad to be here. And in the midst of that, maybe one other part was that I, in 2005, I was in Cameroon for three weeks. So got to experience sub-Saharan Africa. Went back for seven weeks in 2007 to Cameroon. And then I have visited quite a few other countries from Mauritania, Morocco, Egypt, Turkey, Thailand. I'll get to go this fall to South Asia for the first time, you know, in depth. And, but I enjoy different cultures and different kinds of people. And, and so that's definitely been a part of my, my own journey has been, you know, understanding what it's like being kind of a foreigner and an outsider Mm -hmm. and, you know, understand but what's that like having to kind of start over and meet new people? And that's been a part of our journey. Fascinating. Um, so if, if people are watching on YouTube, they'll see that you'll see that Joseph is very fit. Mm-hmm. And 
having a CrossFit gym, first of all, I don't know that everyone understands that. Yeah, so could sure. you talk a little bit about, you know, was fitness kind of a part of your life growing up and what is CrossFit and how did you get into sure. that? Yeah, great question. Yeah, for me, fitness was always a part of my life. My parents told me I had way too much energy as a young boy. <laughs> and so they wanted to put me in really as many sports as they could, but the one that they knew would use the most energy and that was gymnastics. And so I was uh, very heavily involved in gymnastics from the age of three till I was 14. And then they had high school and just focused on baseball and then baseball into college. And so I, I would, we would lift weights and, and do different things in college. But once I finished college, kind of had a 10 year window where I was trying just sort of the regular gym, kind of went in and used the machines and would run on the treadmill. But I found myself pretty gained maybe 10 or 15 pounds and pretty lethargic and yeah, just not really enjoying things. And, and then a friend said, well, you ought to try this CrossFit thing. And I didn't know what it was either. I didn't really have any idea. Now, here's what I found. Like, I was working a lot with the US military in a leadership development. And so many of them were doing these weird workouts that I didn't know what they were. But in a nutshell, what you're doing is you're just learning how to take the best elements of your cardio so running, rowing, jump rope, burpees, just then body weight exercises, which is gymnastics. We call that gymnastics. So pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, and then weightlifting. Then you're just taking the very basic movements of deadlifts, squats, cleans, and you're learning to put them together into workouts where you're doing it in high intensity, short periods, five to 15 minutes of just real high intensity work. And I just found that the, the, the change, there's not a routine. You change the style and the length of time and what you're doing. And you do it together in groups, a small group at a time. And I just found that that was so enjoyable that it brought a, a social aspect, a community aspect, a competitive aspect. And it allowed me to realize where there was holes in my own fitness. And, mm -hmm. and I just found it uh, very, very helpful for me. And so that started my journey towards this concept of CrossFit. And Cross just means this idea of it's cross-training, it's cross-across um, yeah, different domain, time domains, and, and modal, they call it just different sports. And that was really what, what it was. So got started in that, and kind of the rest is history. So I, for the listeners, if you haven't heard of CrossFit yet, my guess is eventually you're going to hear about it because CrossFit mm -hmm. is really a global organization. Even when yeah. I travel with my girlfriends, they always find out where the CrossFit box is. They call it a box. Yeah, they call I'm it a box. Because right. you know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they find out where it's at and then they they always go and get a workout in, get a yeah. t-shirt sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. No matter where it's you are. It's quite a fun community. Yeah. 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 It really um, has. On one trip we had, um, it was a day, it was a special day to honor veterans. And mm -hmm. we were in Iceland and one of my girlfriends did the thing, yes. whatever the drill was. She did it on her own. The big, the big workout <laughs> is called Murph and it's the coming Murph, up here on yes. Memorial Day. Yeah. Yes, so it's yes. a real challenging workout. It's a hero workout as we call it. But it is really a global connected community of, it's between 14 and 15,000, what we would call affiliated CrossFit gyms around the world that are providing, you know, really professional experiences to help people. But the great thing is you don't have to have started as an athlete. That's one of the mm -hmm. things I love about CrossFit is that you can see people doing really tough workouts, but it's because they've developed into that. 
Mm-hmm. But even if you're starting from zero, the great CrossFit gyms are going to help you start from right there. What can we do today to get a little bit better and then tomorrow to get a little bit better? But we're going to start you wherever you're at in your fitness level and help you move forward. So I hope people, if you haven't had a chance to give it a try somewhere around you, you'll do that because it's it's quite a life-changing experience in terms of not only what you do, but how you do it and with whom you do it. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, Here's the challenge. The challenge is one, you've got a lot of stress and two, you have not a lot of time. So you've got to find a way to stay physically healthy and to deal with the stress and you need to do it in an efficient capacity. And that's what I have found. I haven't found a better way to do it than CrossFit mm-hmm. and that kind of, those kinds of workouts are what our body needs in order to really deal with the stress and to stay efficient. So we don't have to spend hours upon hours at a gym. So I, I've always promised people that one hour in, in my gym was like spending three to four hours in a regular gym because it's just going to be focused. And for a one hour session, we're going to get you in and get you out and try to save that time for you. Uh, Joseph, I'm so glad you brought this up. One, of the, I am very passionate about fitness and exercise, even if it's just getting out and going for a walk as a way to manage yes. stress for business owners. But I've never had a fitness expert on here and I don't want to go out mm. of the scope of my qualifications. This episode is brought to you by Avant Garde Entrepreneur Foundations, where you can go from contemplation to clarity in just six weeks. How incredible does that sound? By learning to tap into the superpower of your spirit, you'll feel refreshed in your mind, certain of your mission and inspired in your business. Go to trishabaileyphd.com forward slash A-G-E-F dash waitlist for more details. You can also find the link here in the show notes. So since you brought it up, would you mind mm-hmm. talking about the connection between kind of the importance of fitness and managing stress as an entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah definitely. I think this is really important. For many, many people, especially if you're owning and operating, not only owning a business, there's stress in that. But if you're trying to do it outside of your own culture, there's a whole nother amount of stress that comes from that. So trying to learn another language mm-hmm. and having my wife and, and three children in a new culture like that was a whole nother level of stress. And so what happens just is that our bodies, it just it's a simple hormone that gets released when you're under stress of any kind, cortisol, and your body has to figure out. It has to deal with that in a very efficient and effective way. And you can either do that one of two ways. You can do it in, in ways that cause problems, okay, which would be drugs, uh, workaholism, or you just avoid it and your body really pays for it. You can kind of mask it. But the best way to get rid of that, and a lot of that, smoking is a way people, the, the nicotine sort of masks the effects of the cortisol, but your body's still dealing with it. But the best way to deal with the cortisol really is exercise. That's what helps our body produce the kinds of hormones that counteract the cortisol and help clear it, clear it from our body. And then nutrition is extremely important because of the hormonal response when we eat really the correct foods and the right proportion of them. That's another big part of CrossFit and just good health is the proper balance of protein and carbohydrates and fats. And that's also a real challenge in the world. And then the third part is sleep. And this mm-hmm. is, so this is just a really important part of, of our body being able to heal from the stress is putting your phone down and sleeping. I mean, it's really, truly, if you get good exercise and you eat well and you get sleep, 
it will make a dramatic, dramatic impact. And so you might not feel or have the opportunity to be a member at a CrossFit gym. That's totally fine. Learning to run, learning to do some simple strength training activities, even with just your own body weight is really good, is a huge part of what you're going to need. And then learning to eat well, and then learning how to just get good, consistent sleep is just absolutely imperative in our body dealing with the cortisol and helping us deal with the stress so that so that we can be healthy, not only in the here and now for our, our business and our family, but for the future as we are parents and grandparents. You know, we want to not just we not just want to be surviving in those age, but at that age, we want to be thriving. And we really want to be providing our family and our community, our leadership and our gifts and who we are, our own voice, right? And in order to do that, those are just three just really, really big components of dealing with stress. I personally too would say that the two things that research has shown that helps us deal with stress the most is is the first two are exercise and meditation. So having a spiritual rhythm to your life. And so for me, that started even when I was back at 17, was beginning to read the Bible on an everyday basis was just a huge part of being able to deal with stress and on into all my time in Jordan and beyond, but just being connected to God on a consistent basis each day helped build hope and faith and love and perseverance because there's a lot of hard things that happen. And we just are going to need that in our heart and soul as we're, we're living the, the life of an entrepreneur. You know, in the Avant Garde Entrepreneur Academy, I mentioned that that is the first thing we do in the first week is adding in meditation. And it's some yes. form. Sometimes it feels a little weird to people or yeah. a little wonky or hocus pocus. And, but I think it's important for people to understand that meditation is so many different things. It's either, yeah. it's meditating on the word, it's quiet time, it's yeah. listening to music, anything that you can do to settle in your spirit. And to be able to hear that voice within, yeah, I found so that powerful. so true. Yeah, yeah, very powerful. I was really lucky to have a person. Uh, so I'm 42 now, but but when I was 17, they just taught me how to do that on a daily basis, starting mm-hmm. with seven minutes a day mm-hmm. of just learning how to be connected connected to God and to hear hear from uh, Him through His Word things that have been written, but through his living spirit that can speak to me in the here and now and help direct me and guide me. And that's a big part of my own story is, is of what has happened and, and what is happening and what will happen is just trying to live a consistent life of connection to God, to his heart, um, to his love for me and his promises. And the only way I can really get that is, again, is meditating on it and being connected with it on a consistent basis. Well, on that note, let's talk about how you got to Amon Jordan to start a CrossFit gym. Obviously, that came from inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just a quick story. I love to kind of tell this part of the yes. story that I just started getting my MBA. And I had this sense that God really wanted us to be prepared for some kind of international move. And so I was even studying international business and finance and entrepreneurship. Well, I spent a few days with some friends and we decided to take a few extra days to really just pray and fast and, and be together. And my wife had been with me and then had flown back to Colorado. And I called her and I just said, honey, I've been spending time meditating. And I just have this sense that 
one of two things needs to happen. One, we need to keep doing what we, what we just moved to Colorado to do, or we need to move to Jordan. And she said, uh, I like the first interpretation better. (laughs) She said, uh, you know, we had literally just moved to Colorado recently. We had two young children and the thought of uprooting and moving overseas, you know. But right as she said that, uh, we drove underneath a big road. She drove. She was in, I was in Minnesota. She was in Colorado. Underneath a big road sign that said, Jordan Road, exit ahead. And it was a huge highway sign. Yeah. (laughs) And she was driving like two hours away from our home. And right as we had that phone call, that's what she saw. And what's really funny was she didn't tell me about that sign for eight months, but she filed it away as in God. Yes. Okay. I, uh, I'm willing to process that. I'm not going to tell my husband about that just yet. And what it ended up being was really both of those things was we, we, we spent another like two and a half years there and finished my MBA. And then. We ended up having three companies that called me and said, would you be interested in doing a contract with us? And we want to do international business and we want to do it over in the Middle East. And I said, really? Well, what would you think about Jordan? And they said, great. And so as we moved over to Jordan, we kind of had those three businesses that we were working with. And as we had been there, about six months is when the whole CrossFit thing became a possibility. And that's kind of another story. But all that to say was that, that we had this, we had this sense from God, from our time of meditating and praying and fasting that our family needed to be ready to trust him and to move into places that we would naturally just go to. And I'd never been to Jordan at that time, but, but as we began to walk these steps of faith, he began to lead us and guide us just day by day and week by week and month by month. And it's, it was quite an extraordinary just journey of of learning to trust him and walk with him in the midst of that and being a part of an amazing community. I think that's a really important lesson for entrepreneurs because every entrepreneur I've met, every social, missional, transformational entrepreneur I've met, no matter what their theology or their root belief system, they are all driven by a higher power. Because it's mm-hmm. too hard to do it otherwise. You would never do it otherwise. Yeah, There's so many right. sacrifices. There's so much hardship that you see. It's not about the hardship you experience, but it's about the hardship that you see. And um, we, I think a lot of times, especially if we have this entrepreneur bug or there's something in us that is maybe a little perfection oriented or certainly performance oriented, you know, we're used to getting things done. And we feel this pressure to have all the answers and to get it all right. And what I'm hearing you say is you didn't have all the answers. Yeah, that's right. You also had a family, Mm -hmm. a wife and children to consider, and Mm -hmm. you didn't know everything that was going to happen. And it wasn't until you could get quiet consistently. Right. That's when the answers come. And I think that's that's important for people to understand yeah. the answers came and the courage too yeah. i think just to realize that as he as god is really directing us and leading us and the more we can become convinced and quiet enough to really hear that that we can trust his promises and i think that's really the key is i think that's a big just a big part of my life is we have to learn to trust god's character and his promises and that they lead and guide us on a, on a daily basis and that's where our strength really comes from 
So you said that the the CrossFit starting the CrossFit was was yeah. another story. What another was the story. spark? Yeah. Like what was the? Yeah, I'd been there. We had been there in Jordan about six months, and mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to to potentially do some Fulbright. It's called the Fulbright Research Project. But again, spending some time meditating, and there's this story in the Injil or the New Testament where right before Jesus is leaving the earth, right before he was to be crucified and then be resurrected and raised to life, there was a woman who came and she broke her alabaster flask and poured it on Jesus's feet and on his body. And what was interesting was Jesus said, you know, from now on, wherever this good news of myself and my kingdom, not a religion, but Jesus summit himself and his kingdom, wherever it's proclaimed, what she did is going to be told in remembrance of her. And I thought, wow, I don't remember anywhere Jesus saying anything like that. And I thought, I, I, why, why is he saying that? And so as I looked into this story, a daughter, when you have a daughter, the first thing that you would buy for your daughter would be a little alabaster flask. And that the savings account basically for her was this alabaster flask. And so they didn't really have, you know, an FDIC and banks and they didn't really have that back in that era. So the way that they saved money was, was this costly nard and it was small enough that you could hide it and keep it on you. But basically the only time she would use it would be the first night of her wedding. And it was the startup capital for her family. And so she, as she was aging and getting ready for marriage, she'd be saving up and putting into it. And so what was happening is when she broke it, it says it was worth a year's wages. So whatever that might be in your country, you got you have to think about that yourself. But I thought, okay, really, she took everything of who she was, everything that had been put into her and her whole future, and she broke it and went all in on Jesus and on his message and on his story. And I thought, I, I sensed God telling me, what is it that's been in your alabaster flask that you and your family, you use the term voice. It's like, how has your, your voice been developed up until this point? And what is it? I felt God saying, what is it, Joseph, that's been in that flask that you could break and pour out on me in preparation for what we, we say is that the return of Jesus. And so as I, I had a journal and I just, you know, I started to write down just different things of my story and my history and, and my MBA and education and training. And, and as I did that, I came away and I thought, you know what? I think maybe having an open, owning a CrossFit gym would be the best fit of my alabaster class. And it was the very next, in that week, I finished the workout. There was only one CrossFit gym in all of Jordan at the time. There was a huge wait list. It was on one side of town. And a guy, another guy, just a, uh, he was actually an Iraqi friend, and he was a, kind of a new friend. He said, let's go grab something to eat. We went out to eat. And he said, uh, out of the blue, he said, have you ever thought of opening your own CrossFit gym? Yeah. And I said, well, that's funny you asked. Why would you ask me? But only in the last like week, I've started to think about it. And he said, man, I just don't know. I think you'd, You'd make a really good owner of that. I love CrossFit. We need it here in this country, in this region. And my family and I have helped start two businesses and franchise them all the way out into the region. And so here's this Iraqi guy. And he says, let's do it. You know, let's, let's open a CrossFit gym and help bring health and fitness to the region. And so I just thought, well, okay, I think this is something I really need to think about. He said, I'll be a 50-50 partner with you. And 
and that started this journey of of where we began to really think about it and talk about it and fast forward about eight months and we had the the doors open and the proper certifications and and we started the gym and it was you know and you can just see kind of step after step and at that point you know you're just taking one foot you're putting one foot in front of the other and moving that direction and trying to stay, to stay connected to God and asking, is this the right step? Is this the right people? Is this the right place? And little by little, it led to our opening in October of 2014. So, so yeah. eight months, eight months after that fateful day of lunch. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I can't imagine what that was like, you know, leaving that lunch. So you've been journaling and then your friend just brings it up and you leave and you right. probably like, where do I start? Did I hear you yes. right? <laughs> yeah. And it really does become just sort of one foot in front of the other day to day. Just what what today could I do to can move this forward? And I'm still trying to learn Arabic and still family and all of that. But, you know, just piece by piece, it, it, it happened. And mm-hmm. it was just an exciting thing to really be a part of. So um, was, was it well received? Was yeah, I think it really there? was. I think yeah. uh, our side of town was really desired it and we had a great team to get started with it mm-hmm. i think we ended up especially through the years we ended up with just a phenomenal team of coaches we ended up there's four levels of coaches in crossfit we ended up with five of us that had their level three certification which i think there's probably only five to ten gyms in the world that had that level of of coaches that number and that level of coaches and it was well received. So we just had a great community of people. Um, and we really loved being a part of, of seeing the health and fitness of people dramatically improve mm-hmm. and, and to be a part of that community. And, and, you know, a part of that journey too was, was it was six months later that we had been open. And this is a big part of my own story is we, uh, I was there one night. A Jordanian guy walked in the door and he asked me where I was from. And I said, well, I'm from America. And he said, uh, oh yeah. He said, I just got back from America. And I said, really? I said, where were you? And he says, Memphis. And oh my I said, gosh. Really? Yeah. I said, that's my hometown. Yeah. I said, what were you doing there? And he said, well, I was, I was with these, uh, I, I was with these Saudi Arabian guys for three months. And I said, were you doing CrossFit at my buddy's gym, CrossFit hit and run Memphis? And he said, looked at me and he said, how'd you know that? And I said, well, just yesterday, my friend had posted on his Facebook, a photo of a plaque written in Arabic. And, and I messaged him and he told me he was training these guys. And he said, yeah, well, well, what if we, uh, can I, can I talk to you alone real quickly? And I said, well, sure. So we go up to my office and, and he says, listen, I'm a, I'm a part of the Jordan military and we're building a gym and we need someone to be our consultant to bring in the equipment and to train us. And he said, I had no idea you were here. He said, I just looked up CrossFit Amman and yours looked like, like one of the best ones. So I came in here tonight to try and meet the owner. And he said, uh, we're a part of the, the special forces community of Jordan. And we really need, we need someone. We're finishing this building and we need someone to bring us the equipment to train us. And wow. so, yeah. So it started this friendship with this guy. I have a photo up here just behind my shoulder where we became, we became really good friends. I brought in the equipment, began to train him. And that led to, in the next five years, I ended up working with, with all three. There's different special forces uh, units within Jordan that each needed help. 
uh, with their gym and with training. And so really was able to do that and work with them over the next five years. And it was just a, an incredible experience of getting to not only not only run the gym and working with the, just the people of Amman, but also getting to work with the Jordan military and helping them in their their strength and fitness and health. And so wow. certainly didn't expect that. I mean, that's just one of these things where what's the chances of that happening, right? Yeah. This guy, Memphis isn't even a military town. It's, yeah. It was it, just a private company that does some training and they had these guys in town and that was how it all transpired. And that's the beginning of a story that's a much longer and even bigger story of of this guy. He he's really my had become my friend. He ended up being killed in action in uh, about after I met him. It wasn't quite a year, but on March first, twenty sixteen. And uh, but he is an incredible hero in and of himself. And it's a, it's a big story of all that happened. That's incredible insight from Joseph Peer, seasoned entrepreneur, fitness expert, mentor. And I have to say, one of the finest examples of a global citizen that I've ever met. Joseph has so much wisdom to share, not only about the technical aspects of business, but about the being of business, how to be still, how to connect with your higher power to divine inspiration so that you can do more and be more than you could ever ask for or imagine on your own. I'm pushing pause on this interview with Joseph, and we'll pick back up in episode 38 of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. Stay tuned. I'm so excited for you to hear more of Joseph's story and wisdom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, Subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabaileyphd.com or on social at trishabaileyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.